Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Mamas, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. Y'all, we are a week out from Christmas. Do you know um, what I've gotten for Christmas? You've already gotten something? The worst cold I have oh, had. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I cannot remember the last time. I've been sick for a week, like an, a literal week. Girl, this is going around. People are dropping like flies with whatever this respiratory virus is that has no medicine to take it away. You just got to ride it out. Yeah, it's absolutely dumb. And I had a big week at work. We had this event, and like that's part of what I do is I put on these events. And so, like Sunday, I was supposed to hang out with you guys like a week a week yes. before this. Yes. And I was like, I can't go. I think I have strep because my throat was on fire. Isn't it like that makes you feel like you're ten again? And you had like strep as a kid, and it feels so terrible. That's and and then I was like, for sure, that's what this is because I could not swallow. I it was just like so painful. So then, but then I got up the next day and I had some congestion, but I knew I had this big, big event. So, you know, I've really been trying to not do like, you she know. She totally texted us and she was like, I'm trying not to do antibiotics. We're like, would you just get a shot, please? <laughs> Go ask somebody to stick you in the butt. I have this, you know, rebellion against big pharma. So I was like, what, what woo-woo medicine is available to me You now. did a vitamin infusion, didn't you? I did. I went, I really did. I went and got a vitamin C IV. Oh my gosh. And glutosamine or some, some other name. I don't know what is it this was. Like, is this like a new store on the square that you just walk in and get a vitamin infusion if you want? Is this just free for everybody? It was called IV Labs. IV that sounds Bar. like they're going to take your blood. Honestly, though, I went in there and I was like, mm, this used to be a tanning salon. Did it really? <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. It's probably across from Chick-fil-A. I think I know where yes, she's talking is. about. Yes, I know. That is. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. I walked in and I was like, mm, this used to be a tanning salon. Do they have little chairs set up with people have their arms out with little needles in them? Yes. And oh, I'm, my gosh. Ma'am, I'm used to doing this at my woo-woo doctor. You know, I go see like a, a you know, naturopath, a holistic doctor. I think they call it functional medicine. Anyway, but this was like they could get me in right away. And I also went and did a salt booth. Okay, what's that? So you sit in, it's like it, it's like a sh- it's like a glass in shower, basically. Uh-huh. And you sit in there and they pump in medical grade refined like sea salt. I'm sorry, there's medical grade salt. Ma'am, that's what they said. It's not what they sell on the bottom shelf of Kroger called <laughs> iodine, iodized. You know, and they, they say they throw these words out there and you're like, sure. You know, like So I, you're breathing salt. Yeah. So that was actually really cool. So you you sit in this booth and then you just you're in there for ten minutes and then you just you like try and like through your nose and then like in your throat, like, cause have you ever like gargled warm yes. salt water? Oh yeah. My mom made me do that. Yeah. Okay. And so that actually helps. So that honestly, I think that kept me from getting too sick right away. Okay. Because that propelled me. And then I went and did, I was leaving there and I saw they had an infrared sauna. Oh my gosh. You said just tack it on. So I was like, let's do that. Let's try it. 
It was 150 degrees in that bad boy. Seriously. So we went from salt to vitamin C infused infrared. Heat. I did it all. And look at you now. You're still alive. Yeah, but and then I and then I drank those medicine balls from Starbucks. Yes. That was those are good. Okay, good. Uh one of the girls I work with would go get me, you know. She'd be like, here, ma'am, just keep going, you know. Oh my gosh. So I'm taking the day quill and the Do you think it shortened the life of this? No, I no, no. I am very disappointed in my woo-woo medicine. I feel like it <laughs> failed me miserably. Um Friday. I woke up and Caroline had her like school Christmas party. Yes. And Jeremy was like, okay. You, you can't walk into all those germs. Ma'am. He said, he said, okay, we, you know, we've got to go in like 30 minutes. And I stood up to go and I was like, I think, I think this is you. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he was like, I've got it. And I just started to cry. And he was like, what is wrong with you? And I said, I feel like I can finally be sick. Yes. Like I've been sick all week. But you couldn't stop. But I couldn't stop. So Friday, I just did not get out of the bed. Good for you. But anyway, so that's why I sound like, there used to be a little commercial when we were kids, and she would say, I've got a porcupine in my throat. I have no idea what commercial you're talking about. I don't That was probably with 90210, and I couldn't watch it. So I don't know what that is. But that's what I felt like, like I have a porcupine in my throat. So anyway, um, but yeah, so I, I didn't get out of my pajamas that day, and I feel like every day I'm getting a little bit better, but I mean, it's like been significant. It's a long road. And it's so frustrating. Yes. So I have so much to do. We're sitting here in the office, which is also my podcast studio, but like in my office at my house. And we're looking at our, my Christmas gift wrapping table. I wish our vis- our, our listeners could see this because it makes me feel so much better about my life when I walk in and see a little <laughs> chaos in Kate's office. It would make you feel really good about your house. I think it would. Yeah, It's chaos. I mean, but here's the thing is I feel like that's, I just feel like we are all, if it's, if you were listening to this a week before Christmas, it is chaos. Yes, ma'am. Yes. It is. It, we are just like, did we need the last minute? Of course, we're running out of scotch tape. Uh, I found mine. What it was mean? hiding in my gift wrap sack. I have like three new packages of scotch tape. It was like Christmas for me. Your 2023 winning 2022 self was like, I'm giving my 2023 self a gift. Winning. Love that for it was you. Awesome. It Love was awesome. that. So I just feel like we're all sitting in chaos. I'm just like, here we go. We are. Here we go. So this morning I told myself, one day you're going to look back and you're going to miss this, Rebecca. Because <laughs> you're not going to have all this chaos. It's going to be boring. So you're going to embrace it today. I'm embracing it. You know, that's a real good sentiment. I Oh, <laughs> you can cough. I'm going to cough. <laughs> and, hey, listen, friends. Sometimes Welcome. I try and edit out our coughs. Not we, today. We are just... <laughs> This, this episode is called Not Today. We wish you a Merry Kaufmas <laughs> because that's what we're doing. <laughs> but you are so loved here because you're welcome in this space with us. Your cough, your crazy, your chaos. Neither of us have on makeup. No. How many days How many days have been since you washed your hair? I did it last night because I have a Christmas party to go to. So I had to. But you have a hat on. I can wear a hat and then fix my hair. Wow. I feel like it messes up my I clean hair. I have really good hair. You, Y'all may not know this, you know but what? I have really good hair. Rebecca, 
You may have the best hair, actually, of anyone I know. Joe just got his hair cut, and he said that the barber was like, man, dude, you have great hair. Yeah. I said, that's me. You've given those kids great hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have been in our Christmas series. It's called Christmas Through Their Eyes. We've been looking at different scenarios from the Christmas story, and we've had some fun, too. Kate and I have shared our Christmas mornings. Last (laughs) week, we shared our Christmas treats. And today we're going to share our Christmas wish list. So, Kate, give me just a couple things that you want for Christmas. Okay, let me preface this by saying this is your wheelhouse because I am not very good at asking for gifts. Yeah, but you had to make all those Christmas lists. I know, but I'm not very good at asking for gifts. I'm not very good at receiving gifts. All my gifts are always very practical. Okay. So I did ask for, I've been wanting these special kind of sneakers. Okay. Hoko, Cloud9, HQ. They're they're called Vejas. (gasps) I've seen the Vejas. They're very cool. The ones I wanted were sold out everywhere. Well, how are they going to find those? Well, I had to look and find them. Like, you know, okay, because they come from. Kate sends links. I do. All you have to do is click. They come, I think they were like a London or an England brand or something like that. Because like, um, like. Harrods carries them and like Neiman Marcus, like okay. Bergdorf Goodman. And, oh my gosh. But they're not like, you know, they're not like the Grey Goose, yeah. Golden Goose stickers. <laughs> yes. They're really not like that pricey, but it's just those are, that's who carries them. Okay. So I had to find, I had to search all over to be able to okay, find Okay, that's fun. And I'm really excited about that because that's something I've had my eye on for a while. Yes. Um, and then I asked for my favorite perfume, just like the yes. things that are like splurge gifts. But you need them and you want them. That make me happy, but that I am really reluctant to spend on myself. Yes. You know, most of the clothes I buy for myself are like from Old Navy, so. We love Old Navy. Yes. Old Navy. What about you? What did okay. you ask for? I asked for Nespresso pods. Okay, ma'am. Because I finally discovered the one that I love. What the one that I love is the latte, the iced latte one that you add milk to. Okay. Because I've ordered a bunch to start with when I got my Nespresso last Christmas, and I've figured out this is the only one I like. It's the only one I want. I just want the ones where you add the milk for the latte. Ma'am, don't you add milk to all of them? But they always taste funny, and there's this one little box that says on the side, you know, do this size and then add milk, and it's perfect. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong on the other ones, but... This one is perfect. So speaking of Nespresso, I got so happy yesterday because my holiday Nespresso box showed up yesterday. Because I order from the site. I don't know if you do. No. Well, no, I did last time. Yes, I did. So the only way, though, I wanted the the holiday flavors. And the only way to get them was to order the holiday set. Oh, so you had to spend extra to Ma'am, they got a bunch. me. Jeremy goes, I'm unpacking it. And he goes, hmm, what did you have to spend that we ended up with two Nespresso coffee cups and Nespresso chocolates. You got Ma'am. coffee cups and chocolates? Oh, she bought the legit pack. I'm coming over to your house so, to have a holiday Nespresso. But I was meaning to send some home with you because I want you to try ah! these holiday flavors. Okay, I want to try them. Like them. Okay, that's fine. You add milk to all yours? Always. That's why I have that milk frother. I have the milk frother too. It never tastes right. I don't know. I'm not good you. with instructions. <laughs> I'm really not. It's not my gift. I'm not good with There's it. There's no happiness like Nespresso happiness. Okay, and then I want new makeup brushes. Oh, that's a good one. Don't you always feel like your makeup brushes get old and 
Yeah. Yucky. And I'm know? terrible about cleaning them. And I'm terrible about cleaning them. I'd rather just buy a new set. Yeah. So that's what I want for Christmas. Yeah. I want a new set. Okay, good. Yes. Do you have a brand that you like? No, it's whatever's on Black Friday sale. Listen, I just walk into Ulta and whatever they have at the front there, you know, that they're trying to get rid of. That's on sale. Yeah. That's what I buy. So did you buy them for yourself? Of course, I buy all my own Christmas presents. I wrap them and put them under the tree. Listen, I didn't even wrap mine. I got a bunch of stuff and I'm like, Jeremy, I got myself this. I got myself this. Because it's on Black Friday and I'm like, I, I wanted know, this. I but I want to unwrap something on Christmas. Yeah, but then you have to wrap it. Like, are you having to wrap your own thing? Uh, Maybe. Listen, I, I got some deals. Let me tell you about these deals I got. <laughs> I got my, I use this Living Proof um, dry shampoo. Yes, it's good stuff. They had this like Christmas set. I bought two of them bad boys. <gasps> yes, because you know you're going to use them. I'm good like, for you. I'll be set for about six months with all of this. Good for you. I got my favorite mascara is this Roller Lash. Uh-huh. Y'all, that stuff is usually, I think, $27 a tube. I got it for $12 a tube Did each. you buy four? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I actually did. I got a new pair of Spanx. They were 40% off. Like, listen. The legging ones? Yes. Oh, I did not play on Black Friday. I was like, Kate, add to cart. Kate, add to cart. I think we should do your Christmas wish list next year on our social. People could really get a hold of the things that you buy. Like, that would be good for us. It really would. What do you mean? Because you do all the research and you have all the links. Like, it would be so easy for me to be like, oh, I want to try that. Click. Oh, I want to try that too. Click. Well, I tried to share, like, just recently on socials, I shared my uh, Christmas wrap case. Yes, you case. did. You did share your Christmas wrap case. And so then, but I'd forgotten that I shared it last year. And Rebecca, I cannot tell you what joy it brings to my heart when all these women message me and they're like, I bought this last year because of you and I love it. Like, people sent me pictures. You are an influencer and you don't even know it. Well, but I just love it because I'm like... And, I, and I'll send them the link for the one that's like 40% off. Listen, I never pay 100% for any, anything never, ever. Never. Jeremy Henderson, um, that's my husband in case you didn't know. I mean, you know, but like the people listening. Yes. That man went to Old Navy recently and paid 100% price. When Greg does that, it makes me so angry. He, no, my husband does the exact same thing. I'm like, you didn't use a coupon. You didn't wait for a sale. You just have to know in your head you need these things. And as soon as they go on sale, that's when you buy them. Yes, sir. Makes me so frustrated. Like, it's a dire emergency if we're paying 30% off. Yes. It needs to be 40 or above. Or above. I mean, come on. Yes. You know? Like, we are not. I was like, what are you doing? This all has to go back immediately. No, you wait for it to go on sale. You buy another set of it. Then you take that set of it back with the original receipt. Well, but we had to run that game. (laughs) We had to run that game because I'm like, Hendo, you cannot. We're not paying. We don't pay $50 for pants at Old Navy, sir. Do stores even know that we do this? Certainly they do. We just wait. Save the receipt. Yes. Buy I'm like, another one. These are $25 pants, man. These are not $50 pants. Nope. We don't pay that. <laughs> Listen, that's what the men do. I'm going to put that on social this week. Do your husbands pay full price for things that we wait to go on sale? Yeah. Y'all be ready. I need you to answer. Well, and so some Christmases, like I have something in mind where I'm like, ooh, I'm really excited to get this or that. And that just didn't really have anything like that this year where I was real, like, amped to get it. That's okay. We could still be surprised. We have no idea. Maybe somebody in our life has gone out of the box and bought us something we didn't even know we wanted. I would be shocked if that happened. But sure. Okay, well, in the new year, we'll come back around and tell everybody. Can't wait. Okay. That was fun. Let's jump in. But you're really, I'm just saying, gifts, like, you're really good at thinking about gifts, giving gifts. Oh, I have a gift for you. Well, I have a gift for you, but it's very practical, and it's like, 
something I love. I found it on Black Friday. Mm, you're gonna laugh at mine. Oh, mm, it's gonna be good. Okay, you're gonna love mine. Mine, life game changers. My game changers. Two little things for you, and they're game changers. Kate is game changers. Mine is joy givers. <laughs> We should talk about what those presents were on, you know, post. We will. Yes, we will. What year are we in? 2023. Well, just a minute ago, I said 2024. I got mixed up. So in our new 2024 episode, we need to talk about what we gave each other. Which we are, after this episode, going to take a break for a couple weeks. Yes. Because we all have to go back into the chaos of our lives and savor the moments and then come back out in 2024. Yeah, if we were going to say that in a positive way, we would say <laughs> we are going to take the opportunity to savor our time with our family, and we want you to be able to do the same. Thank you for making that sound so nice. <laughs> Liz, this can be peace out, mom. It is peace out. I got to go control my family for a couple of weeks and yes. then come back to you. Yes. Okay, so in our last Christmas series, we're going to talk about the shepherds today. Um, and have you ever heard of something called the best Christmas pageant ever? Dude, yes. Okay, so when I was growing up, my dad would read us the Christmas story from Luke 2. But then every once in a while, he would read us the best Christmas pageant ever as a family. You know what? Okay, I love this. I need to go grab that book because we have another friend that they read it every year. Yes. And it would be so fun to read it with the family. It is so good. I read yeah. it to the kids one year on a road trip down to Mimi's house. But I actually reached out to my dad this week because I was like, Dad, do you have that? Okay, so my dad doesn't have the book. My dad has the Focus on the Family with James Dobson magazine where they printed like a summarized version of the best Christmas pageant ever from 1986. What? Why does he have that? Because that's what he read it to us out of. He didn't have the book. He read <gasps> it to us out of this magazine because he got the subscription, and that's where he learned of it. And so he would just read it out of the magazine every year. That's cute. Who's the author? I can't think of it. Her name is Barbara Robinson. Okay. Yes. So I, I messaged him this week, and he sent me the pictures of the magazine because he still has it. And cute. I was like, oh, my gosh. I okay. love that. We have this thing in our family where when we want something of our parents when they die, we tell them to put a sticky note on it. Yeah. I got a sticky note on that. Love that. Yeah, that's going to be mine one day. Hey, and way to show up, Mama Judy, on socials with the gluten-free bread recipe. <gasps> I hope you all love it. They had way more stuff than I thought. <laughs> Did you read it? I was like, oh, man, my mom is going to keep making this for me. I'm not doing this. This is a lot well, of work. I saw that Buckeye thing, and I was like, oh, boy, I got to get cranking on these. Did you see the lady comment that she puts Rice Krispies in hers? No. She mixes Rice Krispies in the peanut butter ball, freezes it, then puts the chocolate over it. Feels a little sacrilegious, but... <laughs> I'm trying it. I it's worth that a shot. Good. Actually, it'd probably be that really good. good. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to start our little adventure today on the podcast with reading an excerpt from the best Christmas pageant ever. Love. It's my favorite. So for those of you that don't know about it, it's the story of this family of children. They're called the Herdmans, and they basically take care of themselves. We don't know where mom and dad are. They're somewhere. Yeah. But they just show up by themselves, and they are a ragtag bunch. They cause problems in school. They're mean. Everybody, like, runs from them. But somehow they get mixed up in the local church's Christmas pageant. And the story is told from a little girl whose mom is actually directing the Christmas pageant. And so in this family of Herdman's, we have Ralph, who's the oldest, Imogene, Leroy, Claude, Ollie, and the youngest is Gladys. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's my little excerpt from it. 
It says, they're at church figuring out about this Christmas pageant. It says, the Herdmans wanted to know all about Herod, and I figured they liked him. He was so mean, he could have been their ancestor. Herod Herdman. I I was wrong. Who's going to be Herod in this play, Lero asked. We don't show Herod in our pageant, Mother said, and they all got mad. They wanted somebody to be Herod so they could beat up on him. I couldn't understand the Herdmans. You would have thought the Christmas story came right out of the FBI files. They got so involved in it. They wanted a bloody end to Herod. They worried about Mary having a baby in a barn, and they called the wise men a bunch of dirty spies. (laughs) And they left the first rehearsal arguing about whether Joseph should have set fire to the inn or just chased the innkeeper into the next county. So then it comes time for the night of the Christmas pageant, and it says Ralph and Imogene, who were Mary and Joseph, for once didn't come through the door pushing each other out of the way. They just stood there for a minute as if they weren't sure they were in the right place. Because of the candles, I guess, and the church being full of people, they look like the people you see on the 6 o'clock news, refugees. And it suddenly occurred to me that this was just the way it must have been for the real holy family, stuck away in a barn by people who didn't much care what happened to them. They couldn't have been very neat and tidy either, but more like this Mary and Joseph. Imogene's veil was cockeyed as usual, and Ralph's hair stuck out all around his ears. Imogene had the baby doll, but she wasn't carrying it the way she was supposed to, cradled in her arms. She had it slung up over her shoulder, and before she put it in the manger, she thumped it twice on the back. Right away, we had to sing while shepherds watched their flocks by night, and we had to sing very loud because there were more shepherds than there were anything else, and they made so much noise, banging their crooks around like a lot of hockey sticks. And then next came Gladys, from behind the angel choir, pushing people out of the way and stepping on everyone's feet. Since Gladys was the only one in the pageant who had anything to say, she made the most of it. Hey, unto you a child is born, she hollered, because for sure it was the best news in the world. And all of the shepherds trembled, afraid of Gladys mainly, but it looked good anyway. And, well, it ended up being the best Christmas pageant we ever had. Mm, Cute. It's so good. I love it. Y'all have to go get it. It's so good. But it made me think about the shepherds. Yeah. (laughs) Because they were afraid of Gladys. Yeah. But in our story, the Christmas story from Scripture, the shepherds were afraid, too, Uh because of the angel. And so here I'm going to read for us out of Luke 2. This is our part of the Christmas story about the shepherds. It's verses 8 through 20. And if it's okay with you, I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. What? I just think it sounds better. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Okay. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You know, I wonder if you like that one because that's what's in Charlie Brown Christmas. <gasps> Is it really? Yeah. I love it. You know when he stands on yes. the stage and he's he it's out of King James. Doesn't it sound good? It is. It's like it feels very like nostalgic and yes. good. Yeah. I thought about reading it out of the message and I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, that's sacrilegious for Christmas. Yo, 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 Jesus. Yo, Lord, no. <laughs> I love it. I love the King James version. Yeah, it was great. So the shepherds kind of have a mixed review as I was reading about them. A lot of people believe they were just rejects outcasts, misfits, nobody wanted to be around them. Um, And if you think about it, their day job was rough. Yeah. They hung out with sheep. They were dirty. They slept outside. They were very low on the social totem pole. Um, And it wasn't something that I think you wanted your kid to grow up and be, was a shepherd. Um, They would always have to sleep with their sheep, especially during the times that they were grazing in the fields Mm -hmm. because they had to protect them from... Um, predators and sometimes they would even shelter in caves and when I was in Israel this past June we got to go in a cave in Bethlehem and see what a shepherd might have taken his sheep into okay it was fascinating but they would sometimes shelter in caves and then um, but with throughout scripture as I read about shepherds to me it feels like God honors shepherds and it feels like everybody's a shepherd everybody's a shepherd. Moses is a shepherd. David's a shepherd. All God's people were shepherds. Exactly. So I'm so, I'm so intrigued by that because yeah. from the old Testament, we get this very like great view of shepherds because sure. all these heroes of the faith were shepherds. In fact, we actually learned from scripture that females were shepherds. So Rachel who married Jacob, she was a shepherdess. That's right. And then Zipporah who was Moses' wife, uh-huh. she was a shepherd, and all her sisters were shepherds because that's what they did. They kept their father's sheep. Okay. I mean, I think I, like, maybe knew that but not, didn't really, like, know it. Like, yeah. picturing women out there, that's interesting. So both men and women were shepherds. Yeah. And it was very something that lots of people did because you needed sheep. Uh-huh. You needed their wool, and you needed their milk, and you needed their, I mean, you needed all this stuff for sheep. So it just feels like when I read scripture that shepherds are very much like, oh, yeah, course you're a shepherd yeah that's a good thing um throughout scripture you see god and jesus referred to as shepherds right especially if you think about psalm 23 one of the most famous the lord is my shepherd Uh i shall not want so it just as i read about them and some of these scholars thinking they were just such outcasts i thought well that's not how i view them i view them as very important people um So scripture tells us Bethlehem was prophesied to be the birthplace of Jesus, and it actually talks about shepherds. In Matthew 2, 6, it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So I just, it was so interesting to me to think about these shepherds, um, because I think sometimes you get a conflicting view. Yeah. And we don't know. We'll get to heaven one day and find out. But, um... Mary and Joseph had gone back to Bethlehem because Joseph was of the line of David. And, of course, David was a shepherd in Bethlehem. If you remember in the Old Testament, when Samuel came to anoint him king, he didn't even show up to the party because he was out keeping his father's sheep. So they had to send for him. 
So um, when Joseph and Mary returned to Bethlehem, I picture it as like a very normal shepherding town, that there's sheep all around. And when you go and you see it in Israel, it's beautiful. There's these hills that they've, you know, they're beautiful, they're full of grass, and just it makes you think like this would be a great place to keep sheep. But I came across one scholar that said this, and I thought this was so interesting. So he wrote a book called Sketches of Jewish Social Life. And in it, he talked about that the shepherds in Bethlehem were actually um, keeping the sheep for the temple. Okay. So they were the ones that watched the sheep that would eventually be used as sacrifices in the temple, Uh which was actually a really important job Uh because the sheep that were sacrificed in the temple had to be without blemish. Remember, they had to be like pristine. Uh Uh-huh. And so he believed that God's divine purpose in announcing Christ to the shepherds first was because these men actually would take their sheep to the temple to be offered as slaughter for the sacrifice, which Hmm. is what the Messiah would eventually be done as well. So that gives me an even different picture of these shepherds because I wonder if because they kept the sheep that would be used in the temple, did they even know more of the prophecies of the Hmm. Old Testament? Because that's what they were essentially doing was they were fulfilling all these things that God had commanded in hopes that one day there would come a Messiah so they wouldn't have to do that anymore. Hmm. I just think it's really special that the Lord ended up coming to tell the shepherds first what was going to happen. And it's as I went back and read again, guys, every time you read scripture, it's amazing what God brings to the forefront. You're like, oh, my gosh, I've never read that before. Well, yeah, you probably have. It just didn't trigger. Yeah. So when the angel comes to tell the shepherds, it says that one angel appeared first. Mm. So I always imagine the whole flock of them showing up on the scene. But that's not what it says. It goes, if I go back to the scripture, it says, um, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. This is Gabe, right? Okay. Don't you think it's Gabe? Yeah, for sure it's Gabe. I think it's Gabe too. Yeah. Do you know how irritated he would have been if he didn't get to be the one to tell the shepherds? (laughs) He'd be like, y'all. You made me bring some tough news. I I got to be the one to bring the good news. He's been giving good news for the last few months. Why not keep going, Gabe? Well, yeah. Let's keep going. But no, it's one angel that appears. We think it's Gabe. He tells the angels not to be afraid because of this great news. Tells the shepherds not to be afraid. Tells the shepherds not to be afraid. This great news because this baby's about to come. And then it says that the appearance of the multitude of hosts then appears. That's what I want to see. And they start singing. Can you imagine? Okay, but think about this. Like, we're doing Christmas through their eyes. In my imagination, it was always bless these little sleepy shepherds Uh on the side of this hill in the middle of the night. Uh And all of a sudden, the sky, like, splits apart, lights up, and it's like, ooh. Yeah. All these angels. Yeah. Okay, but I feel like God's like, I don't do it that way. I just slide in with Gabe. So Gabe shows up, and he's like, hey, y'all. Unto you is born this day. Do you think Gabe looks like a person? No. Well, I don't know. Did he look like a person to Mary and Joseph when he told them? I don't think so. You think it's just a beam of light? And by the way, like when we read Isaiah 6 and we learn like what angels look like, angels, I mean. Kind of freaky? That's no that's no cherub <laughs> with a bow and arrow and some wings. Isn't it like six wings? They got a, six eyes. And and <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> happening. I am not putting that in my nativity, okay? <laughs> I'm not putting a six-winged, 12-eyed angel in my nativity. I'm not doing it. I'm just saying, like, I would imagine it's something other than we can even understand. 
what angels look like. Like I almost feel like, especially when you read those visions and stuff from Revelation, like Isaiah, it's like them trying to put words to something that is even hard to explain because yes. it's it's nothing like here on earth, you know. No, and I agree. It probably wasn't like a person, right? It's a supernatural in the sky. being. Yeah, 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 a supernatural being with a voice yeah. coming from the sky. Uh-huh. But I kind of feel like it's like he's waking them up. Uh-huh. Hey guys, uh-huh. I got some news. Yeah, and they like look up, and there's this angel. He gives us good news, and it's almost like you can see them rubbing their eyes, like trying to come to, and then the multitude of the hosts. Yeah, and then I, I here's my thought: if we've got this multitude of hosts of angels in the sky, bright light singing, how does somebody in Bethlehem not see that too? <gasps> That's a great question. Because when you see, you can see fireworks from miles away. That's a great question. Okay, but you know, something that makes me think about is like, I'm picturing us in church, like our, like we go to a pretty big church, but like sometimes like we go off, like they're like, you know, like building up to something and the climax hits and then like these lights go on and uh-huh. like, let's go. Yes. You know? So I just wonder if like these shepherds are like waking up and it's Gabe, you know, and it's like that quiet moment with the worship leader and then all of a sudden it's like boom 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 boom. you know and whoever's running lights is like here we go here we go and they just let that sucker go and you know it's just worship i for sure think heaven has got a light guy that's like flipping switches up there yeah well but yeah maybe the people that were in their homes maybe they didn't see it okay what if mary and joseph saw it Mm. yeah but it doesn't say that I know, but you know, in Rebecca's version, I'm just like, if there's this giant heavenly host singing praises to the Lord. Though that would have been legit. In a field. That would have been legit. And they don't have skyscrapers. I mean, they just got dirt, sky, and hills. Yeah. I for sure think Mary and Joseph are like, yo, you hear that? Yeah. Go look outside, Joe. It would have been very affirming. But I mean, I guess it's still affirming that like the shepherds show up and they're like, hey, uh, we heard there was a baby. (laughs) Okay, here we come. (laughs) Okay, so one of the things, uh, the multitude of the heavenly hosts, I was so interested in that. Like, what does that mean? I want to know how many we're talking about. So if you go to Revelation 5.11, it says this, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. Mm. So we're not talking about 50. Yeah. They're quite literally. I mean, think about this. The angels attend to God in heaven. Yeah. This is the greatest moment. Yeah. That the Son of God has been born on earth. I feel like every angel was like, I'm showing up for that. Mm, 100%. I, I'm trying to think, like, have you ever been to Passion or have you ever been in an arena where they're worshiping all at once? Yes. The angels are there, too. I know they are. And just, like, thinking about that at such, that's just like a, even if that's just a whisper of what it was like. Mm-hmm. You know, because in those moments, I'm, I always, I always just take a moment and just listen, you know, to the saints together. And so then if that's even just a whisper, just even a a hint of what that moment was like. It must have been amazing. Yeah. For these shepherds that have probably been outside for days on end. Yeah. They're smelly and dirty. They're sleeping on the ground. And for this dark, dark night, I mean, we're talking this, there's no street lamps. Right. It's dark. Yeah. 
And for them to hear this voice, uh-huh. the Messiah has been born, and then for this heavenly host to appear in the night sky with this shining light and literal like music that we can't even imagine now because it's even more beautiful than right. what we can right. do here on earth. Yeah. Because scripture tells us that praise is what angels do. That's what angels Mm. do. They praise the Lord. It's their inherent nature to worship God. They do it continually. I mean, that's one of the things we read. They are always worshiping God. And so here they are on earth in the presence of these shepherds doing the thing they were created to do for the birth of the Messiah. And the shepherds, and that's so interesting to think about that they're doing it right now. It was just in that moment that the shepherds got to be exposed to it. It was like the veil of heaven, yes. you know, got thin, and they had a they had an opportunity to like get to have a peek of that. Don't you get goosebumps? That's pretty neat. It's really cool. Yeah, really, really cool. And I can just imagine like what's going through their mind in that moment. Like, is are they comprehending mm. what they're saying? You know, sometimes someone's talking to you and you're trying to like comprehend what they're saying. Are they comprehending what Gabe is saying? Yeah, there is a baby. Yeah. He's born right now, right yeah. over there in Bethlehem. Yeah. You can go see him. Yeah. And then it says that the the angels leave, the heavenly host leaves, and then the shepherds decide to go into town. So it's almost like there's some time here. Okay. The angels leave, Gabe leaves, it's dark again. It's just the shepherds and the sheep. And I almost imagine them like looking at each other going, should we go? Okay, but we can't all go because then who's going to watch the sheep? Yeah. So don't you think some of them stayed behind? Oh, boy. I would hate to be that person. I know. Or do they bring, because like in all the nativities, they've got their sheep with them. I think they've got more than five sheep. <laughs> I mean, my nativity, I think, has five sheep. They ha- There had to have been hundreds of sheep. You know, it makes me think about, like, did you have any bad visitors at the hospital, you know, like after you had babies that were like, like they stayed, no. stayed too long or they were too loud or they wore no. like really strong perfume or <laughs> you're a lot easier going than I am. <laughs> no. But I can just imagine if I had just given birth and like these nasty, I always pictured men, but now I'm going to try and picture maybe a mix of some sort. But all these dirty people showing up with all these sheep. I don't think they brought the sheep, y'all. I don't. No, I think some of the shepherds stayed back on the hill with the sheep, and the other guys were like, we're going to go check it out. Okay. And I, yeah, and lots of young kids, because the, the little kids were the ones that watched the sheep. Like in a family, it was the youngest son that okay. would be the shepherd. Okay. Because once you got to be of age and can do manual labor, the dad's like, I got other stuff for you to do. So it could have been like these little preteeners. Okay, cool. You know, and yeah. maybe some older guys too. Well, and maybe some girls. Maybe we got young girls out there too. I don't know. Well, yeah. Okay, so then my mind starts tracking. Like, how far do they have to walk? Yeah. where's your field? Yeah. Which the fields are all around Bethlehem, but it's not not like down the street. We got to trek a little bit. For sure. Across some hills. That makes sense. How do they find the baby in a town? What does the angel say to him? You will, this will be a sign to you that the baby will be wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So then they just going from house to house? Like, "Mm, do you have a baby here? Okay, so then I'm like, what if they're, like, listening for a baby crying? You know how when newborns are born, they cry? Yeah, that gives me real stalker, like, peeping Tom vibes. Like, they're looking through windows, like. <laughs> but you, they literally have to go into town and just find where Mary and Joseph are with this baby. Yeah. I mean, yes, maybe they're knocking on doors. Maybe they're listening for crying babies. Yeah. Maybe they just know. Well, or maybe people are talking about it. So, 
one of the things we also read in scripture is that the the shepherds told people, they told people about the message that they had received and the response, which is, this is one of the scholars that I had read. The response from the people was not, oh, you're a shepherd. I don't believe you because you're an outcast. The response is they marveled at what the shepherds said. Mm. Like they were comprehending the message and marveling at that. Mm. But the shepherds, if you were going to listen to a shepherd, they can't be too much of a reject Yeah, because they're walking around town going, guys. Did y'all see that light in the field? We were there. Well, and you just wonder if there's some kind of holy, first of all, you know, there's, wonder if there's a holy guidance of them to the baby. And then you wonder if, you know, if the spirit's on the move in that place, you know, where as they're talking to people, like God's spirit is on the move and he's making people marble and open to the idea that this has actually happened. Well, and couldn't you imagine as they're walking through town, they're going, hey, do you guys know if a baby was born? Yeah. We were just in the field. The angel said it's the Messiah. Yeah. Maybe there was a stir in the city because something amazing had happened. Yeah. Maybe there were more people peeking in the window besides just the shepherds. Well, and somehow the word got out because isn't that how Herod found out? Yes. Right. So word got out. Well, and the Magi came looking for the baby. And Herod was oh, like. Oh, the Magi came. Yeah. And he was like, hey. Yeah. Well, tell me when you find him. I'm going to go too. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. My bad. Yeah. But no, there had to be a stir amongst the city. And I do think in our modern day, when I think of a city, I think of thousands of people. Uh-huh. Yes, Bethlehem was full because they had to find a place to stay and everybody was coming back for the census. But I don't think it was thousands. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I, I think our population has grown a lot since then. <laughs> it is hard for us to imagine because, like, I'm looking at my window right now at my little, like, suburban neighborhood, and it's right. like, you know, closed house, closed house, closed house. It was just, it wasn't like this. We have to think about it differently. Yes. But how special for these shepherds. And so I wanted to share, this is what Billy Graham said. This is the reason why he believes that God chose to come to the shepherds. It says, uh, Billy Graham believes that God chose to announce Christ's arrival to shepherds in order to show his great love for everyone. Mm -hmm. That in a society where you very much were um, honored for your wealth or your power or your success, that God did choose to come to a group of shepherds who were definitely not important in the social system who did live a nomadic life. They, you know, they weren't clean. They didn't have tables to eat dinner on. They really were living out with their sheep that he chose to come to them first Mm. and give them the honor of hearing this great news. And then to give them the honor of being the first visitors to Mary and Joseph. I think too, there's something to be said about being faithful to the assignment God has given you. Even when it doesn't feel glamorous or special or even what you're necessarily wanting to do, there's a there's a power in that faithfulness of being right where you're supposed to be, where God shows up and you look back years later and go, I would have missed it. I would have missed it if I hadn't been faithful to the assignment that God had given me and I was out trying to do something else. Exactly. There have been so many times that that's been true for me. And I think about moms. I think about moms because our assignment is so often not glamorous. It's not recognized. We are stinky. I, you know, I haven't washed my hair in days. I'm sitting here and I don't even know what clothes I have on right now, you know. And there are times when I want to wish to be doing something else, something that's you know, more high profile that people would give me praise for, that I get dressed up for, that has more acclaim. 
But it's right here in the faithfulness of where God has called me to be that I find him. And I don't want to miss him by being out and trying to do my own thing. And it's in the the darkness of the night when I'm sitting by a child's bed that's sick or I'm rocking a kid to sleep when I'm exhausted myself that I do find God so good and so kind. And that's when he shows up for me. And that's what he did for them. He didn't go to the religious leaders. He didn't go to the priest in the temple. He didn't go to the kings. Mm. He went to the shepherds first. Mm. And they had the great honor. And I think about how special it was that they had the great honor, (laughs) honestly, to keep to themselves for just a few moments as they sat in that field and reflected on what the angel's message was Mm. before they got up and headed into town to find that baby. Yeah, They got to savor the news. Well, and even the walk there of just, con- you know, contemplating what they had just seen. Um, and, you know, the glimpses of just God's goodness, those holy moments where it was just like, oh, yeah, that was I, that was only for me. That's right. And I think about, too, that, you know, the shepherds didn't have anything to bring to Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. They were poor. And I mean, maybe they brought their sheep. Kate and I can <laughs> think about that. But I think sometimes when you get invited to something, you just, okay, well, I, I need to get dressed mm-hmm. and I need to, should I bring a gift, like a hostess gift? Like we just automatically start thinking about how to impress. Mm-hmm. They just, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. All they could just bring was themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and they showed up to this young couple with this brand new baby and they did not offer Mary a thing mm-hmm. except their awe and wonder over her baby. Yeah. And just, yeah, just to show up and just be there to celebrate. That's right. I think you're right that, uh, you know, the the other piece of that is, right, we feel so much pressure to say the right thing or do the right thing or bring the right thing. And I know I certainly do, whether it's a new baby or it's a loss or it's a painful moment. And really, there's just so much beauty in just showing up, just being there. And then they told people what the angels had said. Yeah. How many times do we like not tell something because we're afraid we're going to like get laughed at or made fun of or people are going to think we're crazy? For sure. This was the craziest thing that had ever happened. Craziest. A multitude of angels in heaven. Yeah. Showing up on the field. Yeah. But they were not afraid to share. They told everybody they saw. Yeah. They spread the news. They were the first to spread the news. Yeah. And I just, I think about how sweet that is that God went to these precious little shepherds that were just blabbing. Uh-huh. I'm just going to tell everybody what happened uh-huh. because they were already so low on the social totem pole. Who cares what people think of me now? Yeah. This news is too cool not to share. Yeah. And I would say that to us, you know, when, when God gives you a word or a message or you experience something praiseworthy, do not be scared to share that. Mm. Give that praise back to God. You know, let let people know what he has done in your life that is worth praising him for. Yes. And that was these shepherds. And I love what Kate said about, you know, just our job sometimes as mom feels like it's not glamorous and we're not important. And I just, mamas, I think God tells you stuff first sometimes. Mm. It's about your kids, about your spouse. You get that feeling in your gut. I just, I think God is actually giving you news first. And you need to remind yourself how important it is that God chooses to share that with you. Yeah, and that the truth. He loves you, and he sees your influence in your home. And he wants you to be a part of the plan to reconcile or restore whatever needs to happen. And he's coming to you and sharing that news with you. Mm. And so as he came to the shepherds, God is a shepherd to us. I wanted to read this scripture out of Isaiah 40, 11. It says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. 
He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. That's us. Mm -hmm. We have young. Yeah. And he's (laughs) gently leading us. Yeah. He's helping us navigate what's next for our kids, for our family, for ourselves. And sometimes it feels like you're sitting in the dark Mm. and you're watching sheep. Mm -hmm. And it's real old. Yep. And real exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you never know when that veil is going to get thin. That's right. And Jesus is going to come up on the scene and he's going to meet you in that place. Maybe not to give you great news, maybe just to hold you. But he does that for us on a regular basis. And I think we can connect with the shepherds in that regard to just in that moment, just be in awe of what you see. Like, God, thank you so much for allowing me to get to see this, to get to praise back to him just as the angels did. God, you are so good and so kind and so worthy of all this. Mm-hmm. And then to get to go and do whatever he tells you to do without question. Mm-hmm. Yes, God, mm-hmm. I'll go find the baby. I'll go tell that mom this. I'll sit by my kid's bed and pray. All, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. That we could do that. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful. Um, I think that's it. Okay, great. <laughs> hey, we've been going long on these episodes. I hope um, we've been getting messages from y'all. So I hope that as you're, that, th- that you like it. So I hope that it's helpful. Like as you're out running errands or wrapping gifts or whatever you're doing, um, that it's nice to just have some other moms in your ear to remember you're not alone. <laughs> We're in this with you. And, um, you know, so much of the work that we do over Christmas is kind of in the dark. It you is. Know? Yes. Like I'm going to be tucked away in this room wrapping gifts for hours and nobody will know. And they won't know all the time I spent shopping and looking and, they just won't even know. They're but, right. you know, my Jesus sees me. He sees me serving my family and loving them. And um, I can look for him in these moments that that I'm in here and just working and serving and, um, you know, and, and to just not miss him in it, that I can pray over these gifts as I wrap them, that it would bless my children and um, that they would see the example of a servant mm-hmm. and that they would love their families well someday. So... You know, there's just so much beauty in it. If we would just lift our eyes up out of the wrapping paper just for a minute Mm -hmm. and look for Jesus like the shepherds did. Exactly. We love you, moms. We wish you the merriest Christmas ever. And um, just know that we're going to be doing just what you're doing, too. We're going to be cleaning up wrapping paper, making cinnamon rolls, (laughs) and loving on our families. So we love you, moms. We'll see you in the new year. Bye-bye. Bye.